Gosh, Colts Nation, that is that is a heartbreaker. I, I, I mean, what a terrible way for the season to end. I, that's you know, it's not a groundbreaking thing to say. Obviously, we wanted to win that game, not lose that game. We're obviously going to talk about this from a Colts perspective all the way through. But I would like to do one thing quick, if you don't mind. I do want to give the Texans some credit here. Uh, I generally hate fan bases. I, I don't hate teams. I don't hate players. And the Texans fans. In the lead-up to this game, I must say, absolute class personified. They have a superstar quarterback in C.J. Stroud, a bright future, an awesome rookie head coach, just like we had. And both of these teams were really fighting from a similar spot of the fact that neither of them were supposed to be here, and one of them had to lose, right? And that is the game of football. You win some, and you lose some. In games like this, where teams are coming out, everything on the line, they come down to just a few crucial moments, a few crucial plays, and the Texans were able to make more of them than the Indianapolis Colts. That's the bottom line. That is what it is. We could sit there and say, oh, the Texans, if they had their backup quarterback, it wouldn't be the same. Whatever. Who cares, right? It's not the point. The fact is that that's a big if they did have their starting quarterback. The Colts are the exception to what is mostly a rule. Most teams don't fare well with their backups, so it's not an indictment on the Texans if they couldn't do what the Colts were doing with a backup quarterback. Most teams couldn't do what the Colts were doing with a backup quarterback. That's a good notch for us, but nothing to hold against the Texans. So just wanted to get that out of the way. But I mean, which direction is back to the Colts, right? Which direction is it that we want to go here, right? Because we can sit here and we can bitch and complain and be angry and finger point at different players. We can do all of that. We can bask in the negativity and we can pretend that we didn't just watch what was a really fun season, right? And that is the other side of this. We can celebrate what this season was. And it was a season where we overcame a ton of adversity. And by the time we got to this point in the season, we were playing with house money. Nobody expected us to be there. I expected us to be fighting for the wild card, but that was certainly under the premise that Anthony Richardson was going to be the quarterback the whole year. If you told me that Garner Minshew was going to come in in relief, I would not have predicted we would have been in this spot, right? So I can't help but be grateful for that and optimistic for the future, and that's kind of where I stand, right? Both of those teams played their asses off in that game, and while we will talk a bit about the game, of course, I do hope that the main message that comes out of this episode for Colts Nation is that we have nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to to this football team. Yes, of course, we can be upset, but the team, the boys in blue, showed up in Lucas Oil Stadium against those Houston Texans. We've got our coach. There's no question about it. We've got a seemingly bright future. I choose to be grateful today, right? While we get to sit here and from the couch, we get to play Monday morning quarterback, or I guess in this case, Sunday morning quarterback, Right, They went out there, and they gave it their all, and they didn't embarrass themselves, and they gave us something to cheer for in a season where the odds were stacked against us. You have to be able to appreciate that. You just have to be able to appreciate that. One of the goals when I made this channel wasn't just to talk about the Colts because I love them, but it was to simply kind of advance the discussion around the team. I see so many emotionally driven conversations, right? And I was always hoping that I could bring 
just a little bit of objectivity to things. Of course, I want to capture the emotion and all the ups and downs that come with being a fan of the team, but I really thought that there was some room for improvement, not to knock anyone else's dialogue, by the way. There's plenty of people doing great things when they talk about the Colts, but I really thought there was a little room for improvement for us as fans to come in and be objective about this team and not always judge everything so emotionally. So I'm really hoping that's what shines through in this episode. And most importantly, I am not in the business of kicking anybody while they are down. It's a cowardly move, all right? Tyler Goodson, for what it is worth, has played just fine in his role throughout the course of this season. He really came in and played some really good football, uh, however many weeks ago that was, where we had no JT or Zach Moss, okay? Nobody, I promise you, nobody is more upset about the way that last play went down on offense than Tyler Goodson. I can promise you that. There is no need for us as fans to take it any further than that. Again, I want to capture the emotion of being a fan here, but I will not do it at the expense of having a little bit of class and grace when it comes to treating the guys that go out there and sacrifice their bodies so we could sit here and enjoy the game. I'm not going to do that. It, it, it is what it is, right? So uh, we're going to talk about a couple. I, I'm almost like, not that I'm at a loss of words per se. Again, I would have expected to be much more upset, but it, it's just, I guess, the way we showed up. It's not like I'm like angry at the way we played. It's not like that season with Carson Wentz where at the end of the year, it was just like a, a, a three-hour nightmare. I mean, that was hell of a football game. And the nature of it is that you win some and you lose some. So we are going to just share a couple of key thoughts on how this game went. I'm not sure how long it's going to be, but I'm going to try my best to explain what it is that we saw out there in that game, at least as, you know, the best perspective that I can give being someone who never played in the NFL and sits on my couch and watches the games, right? Again, the Colts played well, okay? It came down to a few key plays. I'll identify what I think those are as the episode continues. But of course, you know I have to introduce myself. My name is Justin. This right here is the Ride in the Bench Colts podcast. As always, I ask anyone enjoying the episode, go ahead, shoot it a like. It's going to help me get out to as many Colts fans as humanly possible. That's for the YouTube folk. If you are listening to the audio version, go ahead and leave a review. I, I mean, I know it takes a little bit more time than hitting the like button, but it does help me get out to a lot of people. Very much appreciated. We're right there at 2,000 subscribers. Uh, would love to hit that before we hit 3,000, 5,000, a million, whatever, right? But most importantly, we just got to talk about the game and, and then get on with our way and figure out how we're going to approach this offseason, right? So I want to start on the offensive side of the football right here first, right? Because that is obviously where a lot of the discussion is going to be uh, given the last play of the game, right? It's a really tough, really tough game for us on offense, right? You can't expect to win a football game when you cannot convert on third down. I don't have the numbers in front of me for what that was. Uh, what was, it? was it 0 of 10? Was it 1 of 11? I, I mean, it wasn't good, right? That's the point is that we were really, really bad on third down in this game. And you couple the third down percentage or the bad third down conversion percentage with the fact that the Texans won the field position battle all day and the Colts offense was really up against it. I mean, I don't know how many drives they started inside their 20, inside their 15. Ultimately, they did not turn the ball over and only had two penalties for like 10 yards, if I'm not mistaken. So they were well coached, but there was a lot for them to overcome offensively in that game. A few key plays that come into it for me off the top of my head. That Jerry Hughes injury, that motherfucker who we drafted in the first round, never did anything for us, did everything for everyone else. And on a day like today, I thought 
it's hard to mark that as a play because it wasn't anything we did. That was a momentum killer. When Jerry Hughes went down on that drive, we were running the football all over him. And after that, we went three plays and out after that injury. And you just felt the energy. I, I mean, I was sitting on my couch. You just felt the energy get sucked out of the stadium. I mean, I felt it sitting down, right? So that was a momentum killer. And, and, a, and a huge play in the game, I thought, uh, from a momentum standpoint. You don't know how that drive would have went if it, things were just able to continue moving as they were moving. The overthrow to Mo Ali Cox down the sideline. You had it. You had it, Garner. I don't want to trash you. That's a throw we need you to make. Ultimately, it's one play, but when it only comes down to a few plays in a close game, those are the plays you look at, right? Those are just the plays you look at. And obviously, there's the call at the end of the game, right? Now, there are two sides to every story. Listen, obviously, there is going to be the people, and rightfully so, right? I mean, if you get the conversion, no one talks about it. If you don't get the conversion, everyone starts talking about it. The fact that we went to Tyler Goodson in that situation is going to be something that gets a lot of criticism. It's going to be hard to argue against that criticism. But what I am going to choose to do here, just for the sake of having a little bit of objectivity here, a little bit of just giving you some food for thought, maybe a perspective you didn't consider, from a play-calling perspective, Let's not give Shane Steichen too hard of a time. How many times this season had he dialed up a spectacular play call on fourth and one, on, on fourth and two? Those short yardage situations, I remember I'm just watching the game and I'm like, wow, for it to come down to a fourth and one, these are the situations Steichen has been so good in all season. His play call right there, the play call, good. Tyler Goodson, open, right? And of course, it could be a better throw. And of course, he's got to catch that. Both things can be true. Now, I am kind of on the side, usually, of you got to catch that ball. I, I mean, quarterback is the hardest position in the game. And if every throw was perfect, you know, if every big play in the history of football that happened just came down to how perfect the throw was, there'd be a lot of moments that didn't happen. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, off the top of my head, when Julian Edelman makes a fantastic catch, right? The Steelers win a Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger's legacy, he's a Super Bowl quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. Santonio Holmes made a spectacular play, right? Sometimes you need the receiver to make a play, and this is a situation where Goodson has to make a play for sure. Now, I know everyone thinking, man, you got to give it to JT. You got to give it to Zach Moss in that situation. I'm not there to argue against that per se, but I do want to keep in mind, I don't know this for sure, and I'm not going to die on this hill. I'm not too bullish on this idea. Again, just bringing it up as something that is an opposing viewpoint to what some of you have. It is There's, quite frankly... The possibility that that play was open because that is Tyler Goodson, their third string running back, and he is not commanding the same level of attention in that high leverage moment. You don't expect the Colts to go to him. It's just quite possible the reason he's open is because it's Tyler Goodson, and that just can't get lost in all of this. I think the play call is good. You didn't execute the play. The coach doesn't go out there and execute. I don't think Shane deserves a hard time for that. And again, not here to kick Tyler Goodson when he's down. Not here to kick Garner Minshew when he's down either after he really was just a godsend for us uh, throughout the course of this season. So that's kind of my thoughts on the offensive side. Now, defensively, listen, I'm not naive to the fact that Gus Bradley is a candidate to lose his job, okay? And I don't even want to talk too much about Gus Bradley because, again, I, I want this to kind of be a celebratory episode. I don't want this to just be basking in negativity, right? I thought that the defense fought their asses off in that game, right? The first play 
obviously not good. But other than that, I thought the coverage down the field, particularly as compared to what we've seen for much of the season, was about as good as you could expect it to be. In fact, some would even say it's damn good. And all the injuries at corner, it, it, it's the trendy thing to do to pile it on Gus. But, I mean, it's just a lot to overcome in the secondary when you've gone through all of the rotations and all the different iterations of corners out there that the Colts have gone through, right? My only serious critique in this game is that we were unable to force any turnovers. And yes, you'd really like the Colts to have had the Texans, to have forced the Texans to go somewhere else that wasn't Nico Collins, who was obviously, clearly and obviously, as I said, a one-man show at wide receiver. You had Texans fans talking about John Mechie. Great. Fine. Stop it, okay? That was a one-man show in Nico Collins at wide receiver. And the fact that we weren't able to take him away that is obviously something that deserves a little bit of criticism. But C.J. Stroud is a special, special quarterback. And sometimes when you verse special players like that, that is just how the cookie crumbles. That being said, the defense stopped the running game to the best of our ability, right? We went out and forced C.J. to go and win that thing by himself, and he did. The defense did ultimately what I said was going to be the key to winning this game was you had to force this offense to be one-dimensional, and you had to force CJ to play hero ball. Well, guess what? He had to play hero ball, and he was the hero, right? Without a real fear of anything getting going on the ground, the pass rush really was able to start getting home in the second half of that game, right? And what are you going to do, right? As I said, a few plays, that conversion that CJ Stroud had under duress, to Nico Collins is, is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable play. That's a special football play. What are you supposed to do about that other than get him down? I, I mean, he just lobs that ball up into a spot, and, and that's it. Uh, I, I mean, that's what happens when you verse a guy of his caliber. I don't think the defense was that bad in that game at all. In, in fact, I don't think the defense was bad in that game, period. I, I, I really don't. There wasn't many times throughout the course of that game that I was like, oh, fuck, you guys screwed this thing up, right? The one play, which was huge, if I were to narrow the whole thing down to one play, and I don't remember the down, it was third down and, was it third down? Was it second down and 20, third down and 20? They just dumped one off to, I believe, Dalton Schultz, and I may be wrong on the players here. Darrell Baker Jr. missed a huge tackle on that drive going where the Texans scored a touchdown to go ahead in that one. That missed tackle. That might be the play. For me, if I were to narrow it down to one play, everyone's talking about the Tyler Goodson play, great, whatever. That tackle, man, especially from Darrell Baker Jr., again, I'm not trying to kick people while they're down, but I, the amount of times that we have seen that guy specifically be the one making the bad play in a moment where we need him to be making a good play, that missed tackle was huge. It turned what would have been a third and 15 to a third and two, and from there they were able to just hit the little quick out to Dalton Schultz. For me, that was that was a heartbreaker. I think I'm remembering that sequence of events correctly. Either way, no matter what play converted after the fact, my point is that you got to make that tackle. And, and it is what it is. So, you know, the question is now, I mean, where do we go from here, right? I will be here covering the entire offseason for these Indianapolis Colts. No time off. Too much to be excited about with this team. Just got to figure out how to approach the next week, of course. But until then, Colts Nation, I mean, be well. Keep your heads up. This is just the beginning of the Shane Steichen era 
here in Indianapolis. I choose to be grateful. I am optimistic for the future of this team. But as for this season, it ended last night against the Houston Texans. But I will see you again this week, most likely more than once. But until then, my name is Justin. This right here was the Ride in the Bench Colts podcast. And for the very last time of the 2023 season for the Indianapolis Colts, go Colts. <laughs>